Welcome to the Camden Nazarene Podcast. Camden Nazarene is an established church with a fresh vision located at 2276 Jefferson Davis Highway in Camden, South Carolina. We gather for worship each Sunday at 1040 a.m. And you're invited to be our guest this Sunday. Here in the South, we have, we have one or two, actually, that I really, really, really love. And, uh, and you all know what it is. On New Year's Day, tomorrow, you're supposed to eat something, aren't you? Well, now, what, what are the two things that we're supposed to eat as good Southerners tomorrow? Collard greens and black-eyed peas, or, collard, or Hoppin' John's, if you want to get a little exotic with it. And, um, you know... And uh, we do these things, and I, I think they say if you eat black-eyed peas, you'll have a lot of coins that'll come your way uh, throughout, the, throughout the new year. If you eat a lot of collards, uh, that's green, kind of green money, you know, and uh, you have a lot of money come your way. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, I follow those traditions uh, in, in, in the new year, not because I believe in them, but because, man, I love me some collard greens and black-eyed peas. <laughs> And hey, amen. That's right. You're going to leave here today and say, Pastor preached about black-eyed peas and collard greens. And uh, if I don't get on with my sermon, you'll be ready to go because uh, some of you may be starting that early. I- I'm not sure. There's a, there's a particular restaurant in town. I know they're serving black-eyed peas and collards today and tomorrow. So I just may double up and uh, just make sure, make sure I get that. But, you know, all of these, all of these things, they, they kind of revolve around one thing, making sure that you have a have a happy new year. A happy new year. I mean, that's, you hear that a lot. Oh, have a happy new year. Have a happy new year. You know, and it reminds me that we live in a world, man, we're just pursuing, we're in this constant pursuit of happiness. Over the, uh, over the Christmas holidays, you may have saw the story. There was a, uh, some people had purchased some lottery tickets, and uh, there was an issue with the machine, and several people thought they had struck happiness. Now, none of them are Nazarenes because they're lottery tickets. You know, no good Nazarenes buying lottery tickets. But um, so there's a big, a big rigmarole about it. They thought they had struck happiness. They, they thought that, my, man, I thought we had struck it big, and there was a glitch in the machine or something along the lines. And, and it was really, really unfortunate because they were interviewing some of them, and you could just tell I mean, it was like the, the wind in their cells had just been taken out, you know, because in, in just, for a, just for a moment, they thought they had, in their minds, struck happiness. And, and, and I get it. I mean, everybody could, I'm sure everybody could use an extra few green, those green papers with presidents on them. I get it. I, we all could use a few extra, some of those. But as a people of God, man, we recognize that true happiness is not in how much money we have. And, and, and honestly, we're putting our, our stock, if you will, we're putting all of our eggs in the wrong basket if we're equating happiness uh, with, with, with money. In fact, if we're not careful, this pursuit of happiness, it can really lead us down the road of, of worry, can it? If we're not careful... We can, in this, this, this grand pursuit of, of trying to be happy, of, of trying to get it all figured out, it can, it can drive us through this, this uh, down this road of, of, of worry. And there's a, there's a text that I want to I wanna turn your attention to from, in the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians, chapter 4. 
And I think here in chapter 4, this, this letter of, of Paul to the church at Philippi uh, perhaps maybe gives us a reminder of, of how we are to come into the new year, how we're supposed to uh, approach the new year, if you will. Philippians chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 4, and we'll read through verse 9. If you're able to, I invite you to stand for the reading of, of God's Word. If you're not able to stand, that's okay. Philippians chapter 4. Hear the word of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Father, Lord, we are very thankful for your, for your word. Now may the words of my mouth. And the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to thee, our rock and our redeemer. Amen and amen. Paul is writing here to the church at Philippi. Paul loved this church. This was, this was one of his, his home churches, if you will. You know, there's, there's some churches uh, for Paul that I think that he enjoyed writing to. <clears throat> there are some, <clears throat> Corinthians, that he probably, i got to write these people again. But if you know Paul, he may have kind of enjoyed that a little bit. He may have kind of enjoyed writing those Corinthians sometimes. I don't know. He kind of had that. Mm. But for the church, the church at Philippi, this was, this was a church he loved. I would equate it, you know, this would be if, 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 if I had the pleasure, you know, if, if I would write this church a letter. And this is church that... That, that, that I love, or, or this, this past week, I was down in, down in Orangeburg, the barbecue capital of South Carolina, and, uh, <clears throat> and we were down there with some friends and some folks that, that we grew up with down in Orangeburg, and so we had the, we had the opportunity, they were, some folks were there, I said, hey, uh, would you want to go see the, would you want to go see Orangeburg first? I haven't been in there in years, probably a funeral, probably six years ago, I said, yeah, I'd love to. So we went over and saw it and took a picture of the sanctuary and, and um, I kind of maybe think, you know, Miranda Lambert has a song, The House That Built Me. You know, well, for me, it's kind of the, the church that built me, you know. And so as I, looked, as I went back to that church, I thought about, man, this is, and this is the church that built me. And, and uh, uh, Avery got behind the pulpit, you know, the pulpit that, that my dad uh, stood behind and preached from for 18 years and, uh, and uh, saw the baptistry there where I was, where I was baptized and just kind of went down memory lane. And so I feel like Paul maybe had similar feelings of, of, of fondness uh, with, with the church um, at, at Philippi. Uh, but, but also, Paul, Paul was also at times, he, he was also facing criticism, both from within the church and outside the church. 
And, and really, the, the book of Philippians is this, is this great book of encouragement. It's this, it's this book of, of trying to, to lift us up when you feel like life hasn't maybe gone the way that you would want it to go. You, you could argue that the, overall, the overarching theme, the overarching thread that weaves its way through this, this book of Philippians is this, this thread of joy, of finding, finding joy in, in all circumstances. And that, that's, where, that's where Paul is, even as he's, he's writing this. I, we understand this is, this is probably one of Paul's prison letters. I mean, he's in a situation where, uh, you know, he, he's writing a church that he loves, but he's not in a very good situation. He's, he's, in, he's in prison. But even in that situation, he is writing and saying to rejoice, to, to find joy in all things. And if you go look there at, at, at verse 4, you see the, the word rejoice. It's in this, it's in this present tense. It, it indicates that Paul isn't making a suggestion. Paul isn't saying, all right, church, well, do your best to rejoice. Do your best to find joy in, in all situations. No, this is an imperative. He is saying rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. He's given clear instruction. You see, because we have to understand what, what really joy is. See, joy, joy is not some spontaneous excitement, but it is a lifestyle that is practiced daily. And so as we go into this new year and we're expecting, Lord, I want to find joy in the new year. I want to find, I want to find happiness. We, if, if we're coming at it from a worldly viewpoint, we're waiting for some sort of event to happen so that we can find joy. We're waiting for that, that situation at work to be resolved so we can find joy. We're, we're waiting for, for the job, just a, a job, to show up so we can find joy. We're waiting for that family relationship to, to heal, to, to, to get better before we can find joy and happiness. But Paul is saying, hey, in all of those situations, rejoice in the Lord always. Reminds me of, of a hymn that John Wesley wrote called Rejoice, the Lord is King, in which it says, His kingdom cannot fail. He rules over earth and heaven. The keys of death and hell are to, are to our Jesus given. Lift up your head. Lift up your voice. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And it, 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 it's, it's mindful to us that this, this life that we're in, our, our circumstance that you're currently in, is just temporary. It's, it's only temporary that, that the Lord is, is leading us, the Lord is, 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 is moving us through this journey. He goes on to, he goes on to, to express, to, to be gentle, to let your gentleness be known in everyone. And talk about a New Year's resolution. What if, what if our resolution was not about you know, going to the gym or making better financial decisions or whatever, but what if, our, what, if our new, what if our resolution actually involved other people? <laughs> what, if our, what if we went into 2018 thinking, how can, I, how can I be more gentle to other people? How can I be more gentle to that person who obviously cannot drive? as evident as how they're driving in front or behind me? How can we be more gentle to that retail worker who just isn't getting it? 
that retail worker who they just had their head on straight. They have it all figured out. Or gentleness to that, that family member who's just kind of crazy. We all have that family member. And don't forget, if you can't think of them, that's probably this you. Maybe. I don't know. You better hurry up and think of somebody. You better hurry up. <laughs> oh, I thought of somebody. Not me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> I'm kind of sick and I'm kind of on a lot of medication, so I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what I'm going to say in the next 15 minutes. I'll go back on the record and find out. But to, to, to have this, this sense of, of gentleness, because when, when others treat us wrong, a response of gentleness will speak volumes for our testimony, right? The response of gentleness will actually speak and bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so then in verse 6, Paul moves towards being a little, you know, a little cliche. It's, it's like he is saying, don't worry, be happy. He is offering, a, he's offering an alternative to worrying. The alternative to worry is prayer, but just not any kind of prayer. Not just a, Lord, help me. I don't want to worry. So, Lord, just, I just, no. It's a prayer of what? A prayer of thanksgiving. Those of you who have, who have heard me pray or when I'm, I'm visiting with you, uh, you, you always take note that I always begin with, Lord, we just, we thank you for this, or Lord, we, we th- thank you. Even in a situation where maybe somebody has just received a cancer diagnosis, for some reason I just find myself beginning with a, thanksgiving, a prayer of thanksgiving. Because it, it's just mindful of no matter what situation we're in, no matter if we're in the valley if we're, or whatever's going on, Lord, I'm, just, I'm thankful that even in this valley that I can come to you and that you can walk me through this. And so instead of worrying, let's, let's, be, let's be thankful don't forget, if, I mean, if you're worried about a situation at work, hey, be thankful that you have a job to, to be worried about. Amen. You know, you, you're worried about your children, be, be thankful that your child is, is, is on your mind. Worried about your finances, well, guess what? Some people don't even have finances to even worry about. When we stop and when we give thanks for what God has done, it gives hope for the future that God will certainly move in our lives. John Wesley said, Thanksgiving is the surest mark of a soul free from anxiety. Let me read that to you again. Thanksgiving is the surest mark of a soul free from anxiety. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with just kind of this worry. Man, begin to develop a prayer life that centers around thanksgiving. It centers around taking stock and taking inventory of what you do have and just being so, just being so thankful for that. So I believe we're called not to worry and place our trust in God because there is, there's kingdom work to be done. If we spend all of our time worrying in the new year, then we're going to miss the kingdom work that is to be done. You guys, you guys remember, you guys understand that we're called, to, we're called to participate with God on this mission. I think some of us, we kind of <clears throat> got it wrong. We feel like, well, I guess I'm just here to sit through life and just Bear this cross, bear this thorn in my side, just suffer. Well, when, when I get to heaven, it'll all be over. When the Lord comes back, man, well, it'll all get straightened out. This is kind of how we go through life. Woe is me. 
The scripture, it's a little, it's a little more victorious than that. The, the life we're called to live is, is to find joy and to rejoice in the Lord and have a, have a spirit of thanksgiving because God has work for us to do. And here's the thing, when, when we are people of thanksgiving, when we are people of, of joy, man, that just, that just spills over and becomes our testimony. I mean, you don't want to be the pe- person who, when you show up to the office or to the, or to the meeting, it's like, oh, here's so-and-so, doom and gloom, you know, bringing that, bringing that dark cloud with them. I don't want to be that person. And I know, life, man, life's tough. I get it. I get it. Life's tough. Life's hard. Things we don't we don't get the breaks that we that we, we we want or that we think that we want or we think that we need. Man, but I want to encourage you, man, to always just be that person, you know, no matter what's going on. I want I want to I want to be a person who who is who is uplifting in my spirit. And so because there's kingdom work to be done, Paul says this in verses eight and nine. He says, Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. So even in, even in, so in, in Paul's Roman world, in Paul's first century Roman world, they're, they're obviously they're, they're battling this, uh, uh, this, this, this battle between the church and, and between Rome and between God's way and, and the world's way. Paul is actually recognizing, okay, even in all this, that there are some good things that are happening in, in, our, in our words, or in, in our world. Because actually, when you kind of go back and kind of dig into the Scripture, you find out that these, these, character, stra- these character traits uh, of pleasing and commendable and pure and excellent, I mean, these are, these are very common traits that even, even a good Roman citizen would, would want to display whether they be Christian or not. And Paul said to, 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 to look around your world, to, to, find, to find what is what is good, find out what is going on, and, and, and to give thanks for those things. So maybe in this, in this as we move into the 2018, man, we look at, we look at what God is doing. We look at, we look at the fact that we're, that we're a part of a church that has a global mission work. We're part of a church has missionaries all over the world that are, that are, that are spreading and, and, and living out um, God's mission and, and telling his good news. We have, we have ministries where young adults, young people have, have, have caught the fire of the mission of God. And they are, they are going and going out and, 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 and really volunteering of themselves to go and to do this mission work. We have things called youth and mission or extreme Nazarene mission. All of these, these things where, man, where young people I mean, are, just, are just catching the vision that God is on the move in certain parts of the globe and, and they're going and they're being a part of it. Man, those are really good things. And that's so I think we as a church, we kind of, we need to look beyond our tunnel vision of just what's going on here, but look how God as a whole is moving in our world. And we give thanks for those those things. There's so many things that we can look around. We look here at our local community. We look at we can look at so many things here locally of how of how a community comes together, you know, to to to, to serve our our fellow man. You know, we're so, we're so blessed to, to live in a in, in the community that in the community that we do. 
uh, where uh, churches come together for the mission of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, in, your, in your monthly bulletin this month, we, we, we've highlighted, um, we've highlighted our, our ministry, Love, Serve, Give. And, it, man, it's just a really neat, it's on the back page. Uh, five of you are looking for it. Um, it's, it's a really neat ministry that says it's not about Nazarene, it's not about Baptist, it's not about Pentecostal, it's not about this, that. It's about meeting the needs. Those are just some examples of, of how, you know, when you, when you feel like, well, maybe God's not moving in our church, maybe God's not moving in our midst, man, open your eyes. God, yeah, God may not be moving the way that you, that you want him to move or the way that you, you thought he should move, but open your eyes and as Paul says, I mean, look upon these things that are commendable. Look upon these things that are pure, that are, that are excellent. All of these things. Look upon these things, he says. So I think in this, as we move into this <clears throat> 2018, I think it all comes down to, to one word, and it's the word of discipleship. And if we want to be a people that has a gentle spirit, if we want to be a people that rejoices in all things, then we have to, we have to be a people that, that subject ourselves to the spiritual disciplines of, of, of man, being hungry for the word, of, of being hungry to be the hands and feet of God, to be active serving. In fact, I will, I'll, 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 I'll give you a guarantee. If you feel like you're having a hard time finding joy in your life, if you will become more active in serving other people, I guarantee you that by the end of 18, you will, you will understand and you will see joy in your life. You will see things that you can rejoice about. Think about it. And, and there's so many opportunities of things that you can, you can do. I mean, here locally, I mean, if, if, you, if you feel like that you're not seeing God move, then I would, I would invite you to, to, to volunteer with, with our youth ministry or with our children's ministry and see for yourself all the things that God is doing. I mean, if you want to see it happen, just go and be a part. Go with the teens on their, on their next, on their next uh, uh, retreat or their next event and just see, and see what God is doing, how God is stirring the hearts of our young people. It's all about being involved and getting involved and being active. That's just, that's just two ways. Get involved, with, get involved to help Donnie and Tina with, 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 uh, with Love, Serve, Give and, and, see, and see people actually re, re, receiving a, a meal that otherwise they may not have gotten one that day. And, and take inventory of, God, you have blessed me. We're always needing help with that. There's so many other things. I mean, there are things that our church does that, that are just are not always visible. You know, you can, we can, you can, you can sponsor a child through Nazarene Compassionate Ministries. Uh, you can, you can, uh, we can, uh, we could uh, be a part of, of, of digging a, a fresh water well in, in a country where water is scarce. I mean, there's so many things that this year that we could be a part of that I guarantee you if we do these things, at the end of 18, we'll, we'll have so much to rejoice about because we've seen with our own eyes all that, that God is, is wanting to do.
I see, I believe worry and anxiety are, are two things which keep us from being that which God has called us to be. Those are two things that, that can hold us down, and the enemy knows this. And so when we allow the devil to use worry and anxiety in our lives, then he knows that, that, that we won't be as open and ready to pursue the things of God and to, and, and to participate with the things of God. We cannot be generous because we have so much anxiety about our finances. We have so much anxiety about, oh, Lord, I, I can't even begin to tithe. I can't even begin to do that. I, there's just so much worry and anxiety. And guess what? The devil uses that to keep you from being generous. The devil uses that to keep you from doing what we're supposed to do. And he knows that. And so this year, if you, if you want to if you want to understand what it is to rejoice in the Lord always, get involved in the ministry. Begin to, begin to, to pray about your worries. And may that prayer begin with one of, of thanksgiving. You see, because when we allow all those things to hold us down, we're actually forfeiting. We're, 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 we're kind of giving up so many things that God wants to, to do in our lives. It kind of reminds me of, of the hymn writer who says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. That worry and that anxiety, it just, it just, it just continues to rob you of the peace that God wants to, wants to give you in this, in this life. So as we, as we close, the, the band's going to come back up, and we're going we're to close just in a, a song that we sang earlier, a song that I think when you think about, when you think about all the things that can weigh you down, when you think about all of the things that can distract you in this new year, what would it, what would it look like to have a testimony that says, God, I want you to forever reign in my life? I want, you to, I want you to forever reign in my decision-making. I want you to, to forever reign in how I serve other people and, and how I spend my time and how I, whether or not I invest my time in other people. So as we, I'm going to invite you to stand. And, and man, I, I, want this, I want us to sing this song loud. I want us to sing it as a testimony, as an anthem of just saying, Lord, Lord, we, man, just... Will you just forever reign? And, and we're going to, this day, right now, man, we're going to just make a, make a conscious decision that there's no other name. There's no other name than the name of Jesus. And we want it to forever reign in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for visiting camdenfirstchurch.org. 